Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. We got in the house. We got Mr. Todd Brooks. How are you doing tonight, Todd? Doing good, Stan. Doing good. Good, good. We just got a quick episode for you people out there that are just going through a couple notes tonight. Not much as break as uh, we're all anticipating the news of the new general manager being hired and the new head coach being hired. Um. But we did have some news around the league, Todd, as one of the t- finalists that we talked about uh, this week, got a, a, apparently has accepted the job as a GM. So Brad Holmes has accepted the job to uh, Detroit Lions general manager. Yeah, um, I think that's good news for the Falcons. I should actually probably tell you where he was in the Falcons' rights for general manager, too, because there's no way he would have taken the Detroit job over the Atlanta job. So I don't really think that uh, he was the number one choice for the Falcons anyway. Well, and two, that's a very that's a good point too. But another interesting thing is, isn't he the OC for the Rams right now? And that is wasn't his oh. title? Was he? No, he's uh, college. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, oh, sorry, I went completely mind blank yeah. right there. Um, you think, he, what we're gonna do on the show? We're gonna like I'm gonna start playing the stat boy role. They uh, <laughs> have a part promotion. I'm gonna like bunch of, of things at the end okay um <laughs> I, yeah oh boy, it's late um no he is the director of college scouting for uh for the rams but what i'm getting at is the rams are still in the playoffs how is that possible They're, they can announce that yeah i don't know because that's what we were uh talking about with with terry fontenay is that they like we thought the news was coming down but they really couldn't formally offer him the job while they were in the playoffs and maybe detroit didn't offer Holmes a job maybe that was just espn learned that he will be the new person there will be like a press conference or anything official called until like monday or tuesday yeah when they're knocked out of the playoffs um and who knows the saints might get knocked out of the playoffs uh coming up soon yeah um, but um, hopefully this weekend. Hopefully this weekend. That would be sweet. Although, I would not like to see Tom Brady get closer to the next ring. I do not. I don't know. I don't. It's like one of those. I know we're kind of get off sidetrack here, but like, which match? Who do would you like to see succeed more, Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Um. Well, let's see. The Saints are a rival. I mean, they're both rivals, but. Um, I don't really care because I don't really have a dog in the fight. Yeah, you know, I don't care who wins that game. I, I Tom Brady's already got like what six, seven championships. Six. Yeah. One more cares. So I could care less. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I'll probably have to go uh no I probably have to go Drew Brees on that because I, I just can't hear Tom Brady with another ring more. Obviously they gotta get past you know, they gotta climb the ladder too, but uh yeah, it's uh I don't know. So, there's another report. Uh, shifted gears here. There's another report that Arthur Smith is now because we didn't even talk about Arthur Smith last time, didn't we? No, uh, we, we, we were didn't. Pretty sure on the last show that Joe Brady was going to be named right 
of the head coach. Now, I, I don't know what to make of the Arthur Smith news. I only really heard that from one source. And I think that, that what they were thinking was, was because he was called in for a second interview with the Falcons, that he was their leading candidate. But at the time, who knows? I mean, we didn't know what general manager really was shifting toward um, Arthur Smith. We didn't know if it was Holmes or if it was Fontenay. And so it could have been, you know, they that might have been Holmes asking, hey, let's interview this guy again. And then they didn't give him the job and he went to Detroit instead. It's just funny, the announcement happened the same day. And then actually today I was reading The Wire and Joe Brady's the leading candidate again. And Arthur Smith has interviewed twice for the Jets. He's interviewed twice for the Detroit Lions job. And he's interviewed twice for the Atlanta Falcons job. So I don't really, I wouldn't read too much into that. And I don't want Arthur Smith really because um, I like that offense fine if it was like an old school, if it was like the 80s. Right, right. That's exactly what I'm about to say. I like the offense fine, but it's just, that's not how you win in today's NFL. And and we don't have a, a Derrick Henry back there in the backfield. So I, it's just, to me, it's ludicrous to even consider that. Like when I, we were, when I said hire an offensive minded coach, that's not what I had in mind. He's like old school offensive minded. I want I need somebody who's with this entry of, of football. Yeah, I'm not down with that in the nineties football in twenty twenty one. Yeah. And besides, like you said, we don't have Derek Henry. We would have to go get Najee Harris or even like Tracer. We'd have to get a big a big back that a bell cow. And obviously I feel like that a part of a head coach is to mold his system to what his talent is there's got to be a little marriage there of meeting halfway but still that i don't to me that would make sense and watch him announce that this week that arthur smith is the next guy but um yeah i'm definitely on the joe brady train on that um and- I, I honestly i feel like the font want to be joe brady i still don't think arthur smith i mean i'd be disappointed right to us. Not as disappointed as I would have been, you know, with some of the other names we were talking about the other night. But I would be for of all the offensive coaches that are out there, he would be my most disappointing hire. Yeah, and uh, I really don't. I, the uh, Eric Bieniemy has kind of calmed down the whole all that talk. I don't know where he's going to go. Do we? Do you kind of? I don't. Even, I'm not really in tune to the rest of the races, but I haven't heard his name come up in a while, so I don't know where uh, he's. Maybe there Texans. was a finalist list that was listed today. I can't remember if it was the AJC who released it or if it was somebody else, but their finalist list for the Falcons job was Joe Brady, Arthur Smith, and Eric Benimini. That's It's going to be one of those three guys, but I think you know, it's definitely going to be one of the first two. I don't think Benimini's about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so shifting gears here to just kind of like talking future stuff um, with Fontenot in charge and with Joe Brady in charge, I've read uh, several mock drafts and several articles from, you know, people who are relatively big in our sphere that are the Falcoholic and another one that the Falcons like trade back multiple times just to stockpile <laughs> picks pick up like four or five picks with it right which, i mean we weren't really looking for i mean i guess the argument is is matt ryan done i'm not saying he's done but i i think that we need to be looking toward the future and you're hoping you don't have another top five pick again That's, so i have that top five pick you need to utilize it i i wouldn't trade down for it maybe that's something you could do with some of the other picks um that's the 
that's the mentality is you're not going to have you're not going to be top five for the next decade so no. you should we be. are a problem i mean it, yeah. it, it lies well you had a top five pick in a long time i'd go ahead and utilize it now right and so the, you know the thought you know use your top five pick now get the value out of it let whoever whatever who you pick the quarterback you choose of the future sit because he's going to be a top premier talent and then let him sit for a couple of years figure out what you want to do with matt ryan and let the kid come in or if you trade back for i mean dude i was looking at the hall that you could feasibly get for say trading back with the broncos at nine i think you could get their their first their first next year like a, a second and a fourth or something that's all that yeah that's dude the amount of picks right there that's three picks three extra picks this year plus one next year dude i there's a guy on twitter uh shout out to this guy who was like took a long time to do this mock draft but he traded systematically traded back every other slot to get like stockpile he had ended up with like 11 picks this year he like traded from like four to six and got a list of picks and you leveraged that to get to nine leveraged that to get to 16 and ended up taking Najee Harris at like 20 or something and then had a litany of picks this like next year had five first round picks like how funny, but that's just somebody who has way too much time on. This is not a realistic thing, but I mean, how comfortable would you be for trading back? Honestly, like what would you, yeah, I see you roll your eyes for all the people who I mean, can't I'm, see I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I mean, I do think you win better in the NFL with volume of picks, but I think the, I think the Falcons need a quarterback for the future at this point. And the only way you're really going to get that, like get the guy that we want, is if you stay where you are. Right? Like, and you may now you may not be able to get him. You know, like uh, you know, let's say if, now different scenarios call for different things. So let's say if the Falcons, you know, they get to the number four pick and their quarterbacks, if Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are both still there, you take the quarterback. But if you get to like, let's say if the top three quarterbacks go off the board One, with the two, first three, yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence and, and Urban Myers, the head coach. Thing. Yes. So we can talk about that a little bit too. But let's yeah. say the three picks go off quarterback. Then I think you consider trading back. But if the quarterback's there, I'm going quarterback. And I have seen different mock drafts. I've seen anywhere from we're getting Justin Fields, we're getting Zach Wilson, to we're skipping out on quarterback altogether and we're going to take Jamar Chase. I've seen all that. And then I've seen us moving down. So I've seen every single scenario, and we don't really know how that's going to play out right now. We have some theories, but uh, my guess is if the quarterback's there, we're taking the quarterback. And I think the head coach will have a say in it, and, of course, the GM's going to have a say in it too. And um Rich McKay and Arthur Blank just need to sit back. They need to sit back and let them do their job. That is a very good point of both those things is like let the old head, the, let this old head sit back and just be the president, be the whatever, and let the people you've hired do your thing. They're, they need to build because they want to be here for, they want to be here for a long time. They want to build their repertoire. They want to build, a franchise how they want to build it so let the young guys come in young guys but the newly hired guys come in and pick the groceries and build this thing from the ground up and i totally agree so if you think about it like that with the with the new all those 
different puzzle pieces kind of fitting together. I feel like it does bode well for the Falcons picking up at least a quarterback. Um, I've also saw, like where you're talking about the scenarios, I've also seen um, trading back for Sertan, uh, Patrick Sertan in the first round, like no. number nine or something. We we don't need we don't need that. You don't, we don't need, need another. Uh, you need you don't need another Pro Bowl cornerback uh, back there. No, no, I'm not going corner. I've had enough of us drafting corners. If we draft the corner, better than Thomas Roth. And I mean, I, he, yeah, he may be an elite corner. I, it's fine, but I, I don't want that. That's not what I want. Yeah. If, if we're gonna if we're gonna draft a defensive player, it better be a pass rush. Mm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I, you know, corner. Uh, I guess it would be nice to have like a not lockdown, but a, a talented corner. But we need defensive linemen, and we need defensive ta- we need defensive linemen. Period. Edge rusher bad. We need several edge rushers. Like we need to draft two this draft. Like maybe even three. I'm not even kidding. So uh, they won't draft that many because we don't have that many picks. But if you know, if they were to like amass some picks somehow or another. They definitely have needs on the defensive uh, uh, on defensive line. Okay, so let's. I'm going to put you on a spot right now, and I'm, gonna, I'm Johnny <laughs> on the spot. Let's do it, Johnny on the spot. So we're going to do kind of like not a, a year in review, but like in your head, like what was the best moment of the season? Other than I taught, I know how you think. Mm-hmm. The best moment between the lines that had nothing to do with the record. Let's take all that out, but the best moment in your mind, like what, what, what do you think of uh, this year? Finally, what, what a scenario. Everything had to do something with a record though. I don't know. I'm not sure what you're looking for here. Cause uh, <laughs> it happened all year. Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn went bye-bye. Okay. That- to happen, but that had something to do with the record. I mean, okay, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I guess the defensive improvement over the course of the year, like they at least showed me something. That was probably the best thing. And that's that's not like one single moment. That's like a, a culmination a of yeah, thing. yeah, uh, the amalgamation of the. So the the game that the the Falcons had all those turnovers. I can't even remember who was against. I am so bad at this. Uh the everybody they had like five six turnovers in one game that was an incredible like uh i was just trying to think of anything positive from, from this year calvin Ridley's big game uh um i mean i would say his development as a as a receiver overall was yeah was, we i mean that'd be my my other choice i guess i think that would have been my choice is just i couldn't possibly name one just having big games like crazy like excellent route running and, and and catches but i think like you said just a year review if you look at calvin renley's body of work he was should have been a pro bowler and so um and the beginning of the season we talked about who was going to have a bigger impact we talked about um like way in the beginning of the season who's going to have a bigger impact dante fowler uh hayden hurst or, or todd Gurley. So who do you think had the biggest impact on the game? They all sucked, but uh, Todd Gurley, I think red zone wise was more famous, at least for most of the year now, like toward the end of the season, he just, you know, he was. 
But that, that's a really hard pick. I mean, Hayden Hurst did come around a little bit toward the end of the year. Yeah. Um, they- Dante Fowler, he was fairly disappointing overall. I, 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 think, I don't think there's a good answer here. Uh, I'll go Gurley first, uh, Hurst second, and Fowler third. Yeah, I, I yeah, I go. I mean, only now Todd Gurley did fizzle out and did become a disappointment at the end, but uh, I think overall body of work point to the red zone production. It's he had more. I don't know what his stats were, but I think he had more red zone touchdowns than Julio did. So, um, but Julio is not a zone touchdown producer anyway. He yeah. never has. He really never has been, which is incredible to see. I mean, if you think Julio is – I would like to do this. I'll probably go do this offline. We won't do it right now. But I would like to see the greats. I would like to see Jay Rice, the top top three or four wide receivers in NFL history and see what their red zone production was compared to Julio's. Like, Jay, Jay Rice – okay, who are your top – let's – who are your top five wide receivers of all time? Of all time? Of Jerry all time. Ryan, one. Um, I put T.O. Uh, number two. Not very many people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, look, the guy, you can't really question his talent. His talent was there. He just was a clown. Um, yeah, I'd put Michael Irving uh, right there at, like, three. He was another guy, though, kind of like Terrell Owens, where he um, – really like had some issues mentally going on too he's kind of a head case hey, dude even dude, on the, in the booth even in the booth he's like he'll get to talking sometimes you're like yeah. what are you saying right now yeah so yeah he i mean but you're asking me to go like four or five i mean i don't i mean julio is really good but i just don't think i could put him as a top five receiver we'll go four give me the top four um okay well, this is a guy that I like just because I'm a Homer and Georgia guy. And Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson. I'm, I'm going Hines Ward, dude. I love oh, Hines. okay, gotcha. Not not necessarily because the stats out there and wow, you. He was just like a really solid, just all around football player. Um, so I go Hines Ward. I might be a little bit of a reach, but yeah, I liked him. Um, let's see, number five. Man, you really put me on the spot. Okay, I throw out some names so you can pick from. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, Randy Moss. Uh, go ahead. Uh, hey, I got Randy Moss right there just because of the like, initial season he had with Minnesota. Chris Carter, fairly long career too. Uh, speaking of long career, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Yeah, Andre Johnson, yeah. Marvin Harris, or uh, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harris, uh, Holt. What's the guy from Seattle? No, the Rams, St. Louis Rams. Uh, Tory Holt. Tory Holt. Hey, so. Tory. Um, I mean Isaac Bruce was a Isaac receiver. Yeah. He was like an option there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean all those guys. I, I get Randy Moss. Yeah, Moss. So I'd probably go. I'd go Jay Rice, Randy Moss. I I'd probably go T.O. And then I go Julio, and then Larry Fitzgerald. No Andrew Johnson for me. But anyway, I don't know how we got onto that subject. Uh, I literally don't know how we got on that subject. But um, 
back to oh we were doing like the top like moments of the of the year but i know the most this that's the brightest spot is i guess calvin ridley's development oh we're talking about red zone production calvin ridley's um development overall would be was a positive i think ofoye lewikins uh integral part of the defense was a positive they come along and i don't know necessarily being a leader i don't know if that's the right description of what happened but you know he came on we still had a pro bowler on defense surprisingly grady jarrett so there were some some so there were some positive things that happened there and uh so but the what is the most what was the most disappointing i guess there's only you can only pick one <laughs> what disappointed you the most i know my moment I, the, the moment you uh, were like man i really do not like this team right now I think for me, the most disappointing moment was probably just when we were really needing to win at the beginning of the season and we lost that game to Dallas the way that we, we lost it. That would probably be the onside kick for me. Just the entire game really was the way we had a big lead and we blew it. The onside kick, just some of the tactical decisions, like the whole the whole game was just bad. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly my moment. Dallas game. The Dallas game. Oh, I think in Dallas, I, the irony, Dallas just hired Dan Quinn. I hope that yeah. I, I hope that he teaches them how to. But they say, hey, he needs to join the team. Yeah, I hope he teaches them how to cover kicks. That'd be great for the rest of us. Well, at least he's not a special teams coach. Ugh. Oh, speaking of special teams coach, did you see um, the guy that used to offensive coordinator for offensive coordinator for the Falcons plays for Nick. Uh, Alabama right now. Nick, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Sark, Steve, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the head coach of Texas. Yeah, he's going to be a head coach of Texas. Yes. And he's taken with it. He's like gouging Alabama's staff. He, 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 although, did you also see, um, it also came across the wire too that Nick Saban is looking like he's going to hire Bill O'Brien as his office. In in that wild and yeah. what and what I was it's so I was saying with the special teams coach to pry away the special teams coach from Alabama, Texas is going to give him a million dollars a year to be the special teams coach. That is unheard of for a special teams coach. And I was like, man, we well, should have. Saw what Georgia did last year. They hired Scott Cochran, who had been uh, Alabama's like strength and conditioning coach, and they hired him. At Georgia to do a completely different role, paid him over a million dollars. Yes, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that kind of it, stuff. Happened. Yeah, that's wild. So I saw that come across the wire and was like, "What? Are you crazy?" And then I think even Nick Saban came out and was like, "Uh, yeah, Steve, could you slow down a little bit about taking everybody?" That yeah, but that'd be great. Thanks. So, um, anyway, going back to that year review. I think those are the uh, the two the low the low spot and the high spot would be obviously the the uh, the the development of Calvin Ridley and the crazy collapse of the Atlanta Falcons. But through this, we got a very 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 high pick. Number four could have had number three if the cards fell in the right spot. Um, but that's where we are. That's there we there we were. This is where we are. So I'm excited about this draft. I'm excited about the new head coaching hire. 
do you think they'll announce it before the playoffs are over for Fontenot? Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they'll officially announce it. I think we'll just know, though. We'll have a good idea. Yeah. But I'll announce it. Yeah. Technically, I, I can't do I that, like, rules. get leaks and stuff. Like, that's what happened with Dan Quinn. But you're just not going to – it's obviously going to be Fontenot now because Holmes is out of the – it was just between those two. And, I mean, Fontenot's going to be the guy. There's just no doubt in my mind about it. Now, Joe Brady's a little bit more of a question mark, but I really hope Joe Brady's the guy. I think he will be. Don't they have a connection in, at uh, with the Saints? What's the – I don't even – uh, New Orleans. You know, Joe Brady worked underneath. He worked with the offensive staff there. That's how um, Ed Orgeron ended up hiring him over at LSU because he had worked with the offensive staff there, and, um, and they know each other. So, I, I think – they're a package. I still heard today they're a package deal. I wouldn't believe the other report. That's probably somebody just trying to stir up some drama. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So, yeah, I'm excited about Fontenot. I'm excited about Joe Brady. I'm excited about the pick. Even if they trade back, I've kind of come to grips with that in my head. If they can amass some picks to build some death here, it would be a sexy pick, but I would be okay with it. I would let the minds work, but I would definitely want a quarterback if that is willing, you know, if that falls into the right place or but i if if your boy's not there trade back get you you know get Najee harris and call it a day yeah because i do think that if if those top three quarterbacks are gone that's where you would consider doing that but then again you probably won't have the kind of offers that come up either because denver's a, a team there is looking for a quarterback again they've had a lot of quarterbacks over the last couple of years since peyton manning left they haven't really been able to find a permanent successor in that spot they've gone through well, Trevor uh, Simeon, they've oh, had. Oh, gosh. Bro- Brick Offweiler. Yeah, Brock Osweiler. Oh, God. Brick Offweiler. <laughs> uh, who's the guy they had this year from Missouri, that quarterback? Oh, um, Drew Locke. Locke. I mean, and, and the jury's still out on him anyway. I mean, they haven't given it a lot of time, but that just seems to be what way it works in the NFL now. You don't really give anybody any time anymore to be successful. You just go ahead and just make the next move as soon as possible so speaking of that there are reports out that 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 um teams or teammates have come out and um questioning Tua's talent did you see that there's like locker room reports around that a couple weeks ago would miami actually go quarterback do they really think two is the guy look deal with Tua is i never really liked him for the pro level anyway, just because he had so many injuries in college. And he had, he had one of the weirdest injuries I've ever seen in NFL or in football. Yeah. yeah. With that hip. Tua was definitely a player. I mean, he broke my heart once, like real bad. With And then Jalen Hurts broke it another time. Um, You know, but he got hurt a lot. He had problems with his hands. You know, he had that, that rib injury. Uh, and then he had all these great wide receivers. And, and you saw what happened this year um, with Mac, too. Like, he was able to do the same thing that Tua was doing. So, was it the receivers or was it the quarterback? I mean. Good point. Very good point. So, they might be moving on. So, that might make the draft even more interesting. So, um, I still think it's too early for them. I'm like, I really would be shocked if all three of those quarterbacks go off the board in the first three picks. I would. Me, too. But. You could have a packaging situation potentially too. Tua could get traded to somebody because there'll still be interest with Tua. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I could I could see that happening. The Jets should draft a quarterback, but I don't think they are. Uh, I just think the whole thing with uh, Darnold's weird. 
Um, he, he must have done quite a sales job with them. He's like, yeah. I'm a quarterback. I really want to be your quarterback. I'm here for you guys. I, I, I think I've, I've learned on the job for the last three years, and I know what I'm doing now, finally. You know, he, he apparently is a great used car salesman. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, yeah, no thank you. So, um, look, I think we got there's a lot of good things on the horizon. Um, anything else you, you want to, uh, before we jump off of here, anything else you want to bring to the people? Uh, I, I did have something, but now I can't think of what it was. So I guess not. If I think of it before you sign off, I'll. I'll All right. Uh, yeah. Let me know, man. But like I said, I, it changes are coming. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, they're going to be, so as soon as, you know, we get, word we can move on from um yeah go ahead Todd. our thing at all oh we didn't even talk about the urban meyer thing urban meyer yeah gets hired down in jacksonville um i don't know who's do we know who's head he's is his head coach do yeah. we know his office coordinator is going to be actually i want to talk about dirt dirt cutter was the other thing I did oh, okay yeah yeah so yeah, Urban Meyer, I don't know what he signed on for. I don't know if they've disclosed the financial terms yet, but uh, they got in some pretty heavy talks, and he has signed on as the head football coach. There's been a couple of names tossed around for offensive coordinator. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of an odd hire. I mean, it might work out well for him, though. Dirk Cutter, so I still don't know what position he was hired for at Boise State. I don't think it was head coach. Like they hired another guy as their head coach. But, you know, Dirk Cutter used to be Boise State's head coach years ago. Like, he was one of the first, like, coaches that led them to 10 wins, 11 wins, and other coaches built on it after that. I'd almost have forgotten about that because he was the head coach at Boise State first before he went to Arizona State. And then he, uh, you know, flew around as an assistant for a while, became the Falcons' office of coordinator, went to Tampa Bay as a head coach, that, that kind of thing. But I don't think he's the head coach there. I believe they hired somebody else, and so he's going to be an assistant at a former uh, <laughs> at a former school that he used to be the head coach of. So it's very bizarre situation altogether. Yeah, I don't know how you, why you take that job. Even I, you got to know that you're not the head coach. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't lie to you, but I don't know. That's a weird one, unless he just loves the area and has family and stuff like that. Just wants to be, I don't know. Maybe he hated being a head coach. I don't know. I believe. I believe he's from, he is from Idaho originally. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a strange, strange deal there, too. But uh, let's talk about the Urban Meyer deal. What a, what do you think about – how do you think Urban Meyer's going for real? How do you think Urban Meyer's going to do in Jacksonville, man? How do you think that changes the culture right away? Uh, I mean, I think he can do well there just because he's got – he's going to have Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's the player that everybody's uh, coveted. You know, they, they want Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I really think they could do well. they got tons of draft picks, tons of cap space. Um we'll see how the whole college to pro translates, but I don't think that's as big of a factor anymore because it, it does translate pretty well. Now, uh, can he behave? I think it's the bigger, uh, bigger story here. I mean, he first two or three years, he should be able to be on good behavior. I figure by year four, there'll be a mild heart attack or brain aneurysm or heartburn or heartburn affair. He'll, he'll, he'll he'll leave ever all the, all the players sticky notes in their locker room attached to their sticky, attached to their locker. And then he'll be gone in the middle of the night. 
Yeah, particularly if they start losing games. Like, if you know, if they get hot early on, you know, like first year or two goes really well, but then year three you win five games, and I can see things getting sticky for him real quick. Really uh, missing his TV job. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the story is – like, people still try to spin these narratives anyway about how these college coaches didn't have any success in the pros. I heard something else about Nick Saban because the, the point they were making is that Nick Saban is the best – coach ever in any sport and I would tend to agree with that just because I think it's really hard especially in like today's college football to win and the way that he's done it on such a high level um and you compare other people like Phil Jackson maybe where they Popovich yeah he won yeah Popovich but they won with elite talent you know and in Phil Jackson's case he had four of the top 50 players of all time you know right. Jordan he had Jordan and Kobe back and he had and he had Kobe Bryant so I mean that's not you know, Nick Saban's had a different cast of characters every year. But going back to his pro, like he did not do bad at, at Miami. If you go back and you look at the numbers, it wasn't bad. He didn't make the playoffs, but they had a, a nine and seven season and I believe an eight and eight season, or maybe it was a seven and nine. That's not a flat out failure either. But that the narrative you always hear when you listen to these radio talk show hosts or these TV talk show hosts is that Nick Saban was an utter failure at Miami. I totally disagree with that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, you you stood your ground on that. I'm glad I can go to sleep better tonight knowing uh, your stance on uh, Nick Nick Saban's pro coaching career. Um, <laughs> but what is your on it, Stan? Uh, Nick Saban's coaching career, uh, his pro coaching career. In particular. I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah, pro coaching career. I my stance was um, I don't really you know it doesn't stick out to my mind. So like my first blush is was not successful. Not necessarily like utter failure, but just not successful. And I and I believe Randy McMichael uh, was. I think well, how many years was he in Miami? Two. A lot. Name a good a few years. Um, I'm thinking he was there longer than Matt. Six. Yeah, I'm thinking he was there at least six years. We had to look it up. But yeah, see, I don't even remember him being in Miami for long. Like I don't remember. Like any, there's nothing memorable stuck out to me. So. Uh, my no. my stance is an unsuccessful. But, but the way that you hear these these talk show right. hosts go over his What's, numbers, who was the like two games in two years or something? I mean, it looked, that's not how it was. And you have to remember, Miami's a franchise. Okay, so since Dan Marino uh, retired, like how many games have, has Miami even won? Like you know, before that, like how many games did Miami win over the last ten years? Nick Saban did better than anybody who came after him. Yeah, very, very true. I mean, and they've sure. had black holes at quarterback for a long time too. So, uh, yeah, they, they they can't seem to get it all all together at one time. Yeah, I think Miami won the division the year after Saban. Maybe it was even two years after Saban left. I think they won the division. That was the year that uh, Tom Brady had the ACL tear. So I think Miami won the division that year. But they've been a laughing stock in the NFL since they've been like. Cleveland Browns, South Florida, since then. Yeah. So, um, so for all the people who you know poo poo on Matt Ryan, you're not the Browns, and you're not, and you're not well, you're not Miami, and I go ahead and say it, you're not the Browns, or and you're not the Broncos currently of having but you the, the Browns now. The Browns are definitely the, a team to rise. Yeah. I mean, you think about it in the quarterback in the quarterback realm. That's what I'm. Baker Mayfield yeah, is. About that division in particular. 
Like everybody else in that division seems set at quarterback except for Pittsburgh. That's the odd thing about it. Like, yeah. So it's Pittsburgh, Ravens, Browns, and Cincinnati, Bengals. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Got you got Burrow. You got Baker Mayfield. Got Lamar. Lamar Jackson. Sure. Those are all former Heisman Trophy winners too, in the same division. And you know the the. Uh, the thing with the Heisman Trophy is that it's always been said that if you win the Heisman Trophy, you're going to have a poor pro career. But that hasn't been near as true for the last 10 to 15 years. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Roethlisberger, old. Looking old. Looking real old. Pittsburgh making a move for a quarterback. That's probably a team to watch out for in the draft. They could try to trade some pieces to move up. Hmm. So it could be a dance partner, Todd. Let's trade back, baby. They could. I, I still think the Falcons need to think. They're mortgaging their future if they do that, though, because they really need a, a quarterback too. Like you, Matt Ryan, probably be good for three, four more years. But like our the salary cap hit is so bad for the Falcons right now. Like they've got to figure out a way out of this mess. Fontenot's got his work cut out for him. If he can make a deal, if he can figure out Matt takes less money, back load it, front load it, whatever you got to do, but move some money around to make it happen, that would be something else. Well, we just have so much money invested in two players. I think that, okay, Julio and Matt Ryan together are taking up a third of the Falcons' total payroll, right? Yeah. Third, so... I mean, I don't know if there's so many takers. I think because of the – like, it had to be some sort of restructured deal. And Julio is the most likely person out of town. Like, yeah, I, I, think I, think he's, I think he has the most value and is most wanted, and his number is a lot lower, too. So, Yeah, but, man, he's been hurt, too. So, uh, like, he hasn't really shown yeah. these. Yeah, but you could sell – I mean, look what he has done. And he's, get, he's got rest now, and – they shut him down, and he could be ready to go by training camp. So, yeah, be optimistic, Todd. I, mean, I guess. I mean. Oh, did you see? Dude, there was a player that got, as soon as the Colts game was over, was it Colts or? Yeah, as soon as the Colts game was over, that he gets, he got, he became a free agent. And another playoff team picked him up. I think the Packers picked him up. And he'll be the first person. Yeah, he'll be the first person in NFL history to play for two different, uh, play for on the in the playoffs of two different teams in the same year. I don't think I like that rule. That rule seems strange. That as some kind of I don't know if it was a because it's in his clause in his contract or whatever that the contract didn't like run out at the end of the year. It was at the last game he plays. So I don't know if it was you know, a loophole or what, but that's, I saw that come across the wire. It's an interesting thing. I was like, yeah, they're going to have to fix that because that's weird. Cause you could, this could get into a real weird situation of ring chasing. It could, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like that either. I'm just saying that's an interesting nugget this year. Yeah. That seems really strange. And I don't like that at all. Like it, it, your free agent year should be like for the next year coming up. Not right. Four. Right. I, Playoff team just got eliminated. So let me sign with another playoff team. If I was a backup linebacker and I got beat in the first round of the playoffs and the Kansas City Chiefs was calling me about, hey, do you want to come join? I'd be like, dude, where do I sign? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that might turn into, you know, 
I don't know. It might turn into a little bit more free for all chaos during the playoffs too. It could add another dimension. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, all right, man. I appreciate you jumping on tonight. And uh, we got some. Everybody, stay tuned. We will have plenty more come. I, I'm assuming uh, we'll see how soon they'll announce this Terry Fontenot and Joe Brady pairing. So um, just stick with us, and we'll get you through. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.